Okay, all right. You, uh, Jeff Charles fans, you're gonna have to jump ahead because we gotta get started on this show here. We are still connecting with Jeff. What's up, guys? It is 9.03 a.m. U.S. Pacific Daylight Time here in Los Angeles. It is, I'm live on, I'm James Hake. This is The Hake Report. It's Wednesday. April 28th, 2021, I had to check the date, and we are connecting on DLive, gotta, yeah, wait a sec, okay. Um, connecting on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Trovo, and I gotta toggle this DLive thing. I do have a special guest coming up for you guys, and you can call in, I think he will be happy to take your calls. His name is Jeff Charles, he was on my show, like... It feels like more than a year ago, but it was less than a year ago. It was June of 2020 when he was last on the show. Major echo, Hake. Echo, echo. Echo problem, they're saying. Thank you guys for the heads up. Double speaking. Awesome, says Chrissy. (laughs) What in the world? I think it's because when you restart, the settings get all messed up, huh? What a shame. Hang on, guys. We will be getting going. And I will have this guest. Audio is doubling, says Doom Jesus. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Let me toggle the D live once again. Men's Forum is canceled this coming Thursday. Not this coming Thursday, but the following Thursday. First Thursday of the month. Normally, we do have a Men's Forum. Okay, we're live on DLive as well. Nice. That was awesome. Echo, echo, echo. Is it better? Press 1 for perfect. Press 2 for still echoing. Press 3 if it's garbled and you don't care. (laughs) James is trying to sound like God with the echo effect. Joel never did that. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Excuse me. (laughs) There it is. Shout out to the great Herman Cain. The late, great Herman Cain. So, two? Still getting twos? Are you serious? Just leave it like this. Why not? Still echoing. Really? Yep. That's what they're saying. Ginger Jesus, is that you? No, what I'm... Da? What in the world? Talking into a porta potty Is he talking into a porta potty So hang on. We will be getting to the guest. I'll, I'll give you the timestamps after the fact, okay, guys? The timestamps. Always useful in the YouTube uh, description and the YouTube top comment. I'll pin the comment on YouTube. Reverberate. Restart, says A. Owens. What duh? So, thank you, guys. So, anyway, guys, I will be getting to my guest back on, Jeff Charles. At Jeff on the right. I'll tell you all about him in a minute. I have some questions for him to have him back on air. Many of you, since my audience has grown since June of 2020, it sounds cool. Read the Ten Commandments, says Jim Eagle. <laughs> uh, Hake needs more tungsten. What does tungsten do, Penny Roo? Or uh, Peter R? You know, over in Maricopa, they're doing a 2020 recount. It is crazy. Seems a little late to be doing a 2020 recount or 
audit, election audit is really what they're doing, but they're hand counting as well. And studying, fix the audio, please, says Mississippi hippie. Actually, without the police. Hang on. There's this Obama guy who got, who was suspected of stealing 200000 from a charter school that he helped found. <laughs> Lots of mess going on. Minimum wage going up. Communist is what I say. Communist. Uh, my guest who's coming up. And hang on, we are fixing the audio, I think. We're still working on it. Boomer tech. Boomer tech. Or black tech. Or is that so mean? Is that mean to say? He's getting ready to sing to us. Beta audio. Man, what is going on? Fix the audio, Tyler Fairley says. No more echo, says Ian Riot. Is the, is the echo better? Sound is good. Sound is good. Press one for good. Fixed kinda, says Colin Barrett. What? <laughs> better audio. It's fixed now. One. <clears throat> Hake is fixed. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's only 9.08 a.m. here in Los Angeles. Hake gets the rep- red-headed stepchild treatment. From the black engineers, or the black engineer. There's only one now, because Joel Friday left. <laughs> Joel Friday no longer here. All right, guys. So, since it is 9.08 already, let's... Do we have the guest already? Is he connected? No. We're going to connect with the guest here. In that case, shall I, shall I, play, the, shall I play any music? Or, or can you do two things at once? Two things at a time? Okay, all right. We will be connecting with the guest. I'm not going to inundate you with my 20-year-old Christian music right now, guys. We are going to connect with the guest in the, ne- in the coming minutes here. Uh, just a quick news item. Minimum wage before I get to the guest. Are you Jewish, Hague? Nope, I am not. I wish. And we are getting the guest on air for you guys right now. Minimum wage. Yesterday, sleazy President Joe Biden, sleepy President Joe Biden, issued an executive order raising the minimum wage for federal contract workers to 15 an hour. 15? Fight for 15. That was what the McDonald's strikers wanted. The hike set to take effect in March, I guess, of next year. Next year. I cracked a little bit. Growing. Which could mean bigger paychecks for thousands of federal workers who are currently at 10.95 an hour. Administration officials believe the change will address some inequality, boost productivity and morale among contractors. Republicans and some moderate Dems say that will lead to job cuts. Yeah, I mean, one great thinker said that the minimum wage is the most anti-black policy that he could think of. And that was decades ago because you're uh, getting rid of some excellent jobs. Audio sounds great. Thank you. Thank you, Mississippi Hippie. Are we ready? We are just about ready. Okay, guys. Um, I, but I have to play my uh, intro song at least. All right, guys. It is 9:10. Let's get right on with the show. One, two, three, four. Oh. Yeah. 
later. So, how are you all doing? I am fine. I am James Hake. This is the Hake Report. It is Wednesday, April 28th, 2021, the year of our Lord. Anno Domini. No, it's not CE. Don't call it Common Era. That's secularist. I have with me my scheduled guest, am I right? Back with me, Jeff Charles. On Twitter, at Jeff on the right. A black conservative slash libertarian, I believe. Writer. A writer. Yes. Returns for a second interview about the mess going on with this racism and quote-unquote justice in America. Jeff Charles is a contributor for redstate.com and libertynation, I believe, .com and co-host of the Red and Black or Red Plus Black show and Breaking Conservatarian podcast. Check out his YouTube channel, which is called A Fresh Perspective with Jeff Charles. And you can check out his prior interview on my show from last year. It feels like more than a year, but it was only June 7th, 2020, Sunday. It's on YouTube, Podbean. And you will be able to get the audio podcast of this show after the show. uh, I upload it later. Welcome back, Jeff. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you too, man. Thanks for having me back on. I, I'm going to tell you right now, though, you you have the most catchiest theme song. Because last time I was on your show, I had that song stuck in my head for two <laughs> days after. And it's going to happen again t- t- today. I can feel it. <laughs> that is funny. That's nice. I appreciate that. That was written by a friend of mine and then reprised by the great Trevor Wesley. And so if you want a theme song for your podcast, you might look into Trevor Wesley. He's very black friendly, a good guy. And uh, reasonable rates. <laughs> and a decent conservative man, too, I think. Um, cool. So, man, it is nice to have you back. It feels like more than a year. A lot has happened in yeah. the... Uh, what did you think quickly about the election? Did you vote for Trump? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, yeah. You know, and he, he made some key gains with minorities, so I, I like that. Um, I think that what did him in is... You know, the, the stuff happening with COVID. Right. I also think that his messaging wasn't as on point as it was in 2016. I True. mean, a lot of his messaging was, you know, the Democrats are bad, which is important to talk about. But he didn't spend enough time uh, talking about his achievements and what his plans were for the future. Um, and he and I, I'm not sure why that happened, because in 2016, I mean, you could tell oh, you, this, this is the policy that Trump is going to push, you know, immigration, yada, right. yada, yada, economy. True. You couldn't really say that this time around. So I, I think that's kind of wh- where a lot of the disconnect came. And like I said, COVID didn't help either. Um, both you and I, I think, have our criticisms of what we call con Inc. conservative Inc. Did he get in bed with the so-called the establishment, so-called conservatives? Uh, and was no, that an undoing at all? It, I mean, I don't, I don't see that, that he got in bed with them, but at the same time, he didn't he he has to work with these people because they're yeah. the people who are in charge in, in in the Republican Party. Dude, no sound. What the? Hang on. Hang on. Relax. We're going to start doing sign language. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it. But we've seen a lot of sign language lately, man. Yeah. Ever since the, these COVID things. You're on mute, Hake. Someone get Bill. Something wrong with the output on Wirecast. Hang on, guys. 
I think we're cursed. It's kind of <laughs> like, uh, everything that can go wrong, does go wrong. It's probably the Russians or the Chinese. <laughs> no, it's the deep state. The, no. That too, yeah. It's, uh, it might just be boomer tech. Boom, what they call boomer tech. Something wrong with the output on Wirecast, Bill. Chad is saying, there is sound. Oh, there is sound now? Sound is back? Sound is back. Press you 1 if it? it's back. How long do you have, by the way? Because with this... I've, I've got, I got time. Okay. We're good. All right, yeah. cool. Jeff Charles is my guest. Jeff on the right on Twitter. And he has a YouTube channel called A Fresh Perspective with Jeff Charles. And that's where you can find, I believe that's where you can find his podcast, The Red and Black Show. Is that where that is? No, The Red and Black Show is separate. It's got its own channel, but A Fresh Perspective. So I'm, I don't do Breaking Conservatarian anymore. I rebranded it. And so okay. now it's A Fresh Perspective with Jeff Charles. Oh, sweet. Okay. Nice. So that channel can be found. If we search Red plus Black Show on YouTube, we can find that channel? Yes. Nice. Okay. Findable on YouTube. Make that note. I'm going to be talking with him about black Democrats, Republicans, failure, and the uh, and other many other things. In infighting. There's a lot of infighting. The media being anti-white. Why? And um, many other things. We got into some arguments. Well. I kind of call them arguments, yeah. The argument, the audio goes out when the guest camera is on st stream. It's when it's just Hake, we can hear everyone fine. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Leave him off screen, Hake. Says <laughs> computer smell. No, we want to, I mean, we would like to get him on. If anybody can do it, it is, okay, so you guys can hear me. Since it is just me on the screen. Um, <laughs> well, Jeff, I guess while we're waiting for this to get put together, I can still talk to you. You just can't. Yeah. The people just can't see you. Okay. And in that case, then, um, the Derek Chauvin conviction. It is 920 here, and we're getting going. The Derek Chauvin conviction. Was that actual justice, or was it mob justice, also known as social justice, in your opinion? Um, I, I think it was justice. And at first, I didn't think he was going to get the other two charges. I thought it was just going to be manslaughter um, because there was an intent involved. And usually, and this is different for every state, you know, usually intent has to be involved. But then I found out that for the second degree and third degree, these were specifically unintentional. So intent doesn't play into this at all. So this is if you're doing something illegal or something you shouldn't be doing and it ends up in somebody dying, even if you didn't intend for them to die. I don't believe that Chauvin wanted to kill George Floyd, yeah. but his actions were reckless. He should have known better. And I, I, there's just no excuse for kneeling on somebody's neck for nine minutes and not even trying to render medical care and all that stuff. I think the prosecution laid out their case very convincingly. I thought the defense did a good job, too, with what they had. I think they did the best they could with, with what they had. But at the end, end of the day, it was going to be too difficult to convince people that the knee on the neck had nothing to do with George Floyd's death because the evidence just didn't bear that out. And I saw that from the beginning. It's just a lot of people left out certain parts that could show that it was the knee. But you know, focusing only on the drugs leaves out a lot of stuff that the medical examiner said in that report because they they determined that his death was a homicide. 
Now that doesn't automatically mean it's murder, but it, right. it, it means that he was killed by somebody else, somebody else's actions. So I think a lot of people on the right were surprised by the verdict because a lot of people were telling him that the medical examiner said that he died of an overdose when that when the person never actually said that. So you th- isn't it a scam to have a law in which you do something no intention to kill anybody but they call it murder. Isn't that a setup because now people are going around thinking that he intentionally because the layperson doesn't know this distinction. The layperson is going around calling, saying, oh, George Floyd was murdered. And the way they mean it is this guy maliciously, willfully murdered uh, George Floyd in front of everybody. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird how Minnesota does their laws, because I don't think that's the case in a lot of other states. I think in a lot of other states, like murder, there has to be some intent behind it. Um, but they do have other classifications for what we're talking about here. When somebody takes an action that they shouldn't be taking, something that uh, could be illegal or or something that can be considered assault, and it ends up in somebody's death. Right. I mean, that, that's, they, it may it may even have a similar sentence to what Chauvin could be facing up to, but they don't call it the same thing. So I think it's a little weird how they put that label on there. But I won't say, but I'm not going to say that when they first came up with a law, they came up with it specifically for that purpose, right? I mean, they didn't make that law to say, well, when Chauvin kills George Floyd in the future, we're going to call him a murderer. But um, yeah, it is kind of weird the way that law was set up. Yeah, to me, it's it seems much more reasonable to call it manslaughter. I get it if you're robbing a bank and... And somebody gets killed in the course of you robbing a bank, you're taking, and I will be taking guest questions, yeah, you guys can call in, 888-775-3773. I get that if you're committing some other felony, that could be considered a murder because they just, you, you're, you're willingly taking people's lives in your hands, right? I've heard that, oh, drunk drivers, for example, if they're like a repeat offender and they kill somebody, that's considered, a, you can be charged with murder in that, in that case. Yes, but um, are you a fan of this guy, uh, Keith Ellison, the Attorney General from Minnesota? No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I, I'm. I have nothing but fire for Keith Ellison. Yeah, I noticed. I saw him on um, 60 Minutes. A little clip of him on 60 Minutes and being interviewed by Scott Pelley on CBS, and he was saying all this quote-unquote right things like, oh, I feel sorry for him, he's human too, we're all human, George Floyd was human, and we don't want to dehumanize him. This is not about revenge against, um, uh, revenge against uh, Derek Chauvin, but it's absolutely about this narrative of racist policing, oh, the cops are disproportionately targeting blacks, and... It's like a, all based on a false narrative is what the outcry is over. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I would say that two things can be true at once. I mean, what Derek Chauvin did was wrong, and I think he'll get the sentence that he deserves. There is an issue of police brutality, and that doesn't just include fatal encounters. I'm talking about also non-fatal encounters, like if you think of Rodney King, stuff like that. It's been shown that that's more likely to happen to black people. And... People like Keith Ellison are exploiting that and they are exploiting black trauma to push a Marxist agenda. And they've been doing it for years. They're still doing it. And unfortunately, on the right, we don't really have much of a good answer to that because 
we chose not to engage in the conversation in a, in a meaningful way. So you've got the progressives who are making it sound like police are just out in the streets, just shooting black people random willy nilly. And we're not taking a sensible re response to it. So I, I, I do think that both are true and what the progressives are doing. And it, it's a lot of it is, is white progressives. They, they love this stuff because they get to use it to promote their agenda and they don't have much, um, they don't have much opposition. Yeah. Um, I have noticed that more and more like libertarians as well as some of the rougher around the edges conservatives and Christians and whites and others, they are, they criticize the cops where the cops may violate some constitutional thing or other. They don't know the constitution and stuff like that. But it's so, like you said, it's so, or like I think you agree, it's so dishonest from the left. What did Derek Chauvin do that was wrong? I mean, you said knee on the neck. There's no reason to have the knee on the neck for nine minutes. But that was, that was within policy to have the knee on the neck or the shoulder blade neck area. What did he do? I mean, they, they called the ambulance, right? They were waiting. He asked to be put on the ground. And he was saying he couldn't breathe even before they got on him, it seemed like. What did he do that was against the law, per se, really? I mean, they said it was assault, right? But how was it assault? Is the yes, audio still good, guys? Press one if the audio is good. Echo again? Hold that thought, Jeff. I appreciate it. Okay. You got it. Echo now with the guy on screen. Cyberhake. Echo. Knee on the shoulder, says, kid, uh, says uh, Jim Justice. Robo Echo. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the live chat. And Nicolas, making this work. Okay. Better now? Better now? Hague Trom. <laughs> <laughs> beta. Beta. Hague talking into a PVC tube. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your patience, Jeff. And listeners, those of you listening on the live audio feed, you can be listening on TalkStream Live. TalkStreamLive.com plays the Jesse Lee Peterson Show and the Hake Report. JLP Live also. JLP Live app. And I have Jeff Charles with me at Jeff on the right. A Fresh Perspective with Jeff Charles is his, one of his YouTube channels. And he also has the Red and Black Show. I think you can search Red Plus Black Show on YouTube and find that. A writer for... Red State and Liberty Nation? I think he calls himself a conservatarian, is that correct? That's correct, yes. And a conservatarian is one of the criticisms that some of the groiper types, you know, the conservative Christians, whites, young kids, have against the Con Inc. But that's, you're not, that's not your criticism of Con Inc. Your criticism of Con Inc. is something different, which we'll get to. But yeah. But uh, is it better now? Yeah. Okay, we want, I want the answer to what Chauvin did that was, I mean, I, you already said it was wrong, but was it illegal? What, what did he do that was? Yeah, so, okay. so I mean, it, yeah, so if you look at the testimony of uh, Police Chief Arredondo and some of the other officers that testified, they, they said what I expected them to say because that maneuver is in their manual. Yeah. Now, a lot of them are saying that it isn't part of their active training, but it is in the manual. So I think that's kind of how people intended to cover for it. But 
it doesn't but it was the length of time like if he had had the knee on the neck for like 30 seconds or a minute got him under got him under control then gotten off then I think Floyd would still be alive today. There are other things that they could have done. I mean, th th if you look at what, what, what people are testifying to in court, they could have sat him up. They could have sat him up on his back so he's upright but still sitting down. He wanted to be on the ground. He did say that, but he didn't ask for a knee on his neck. So what the, the issue at hand is the fact that he knelt on his neck for nine minutes. I know that there were parts of that where he was more on the upper shoulder blade, but if you look at uh, Dr. Tobin's testimony, that is still going to restrict your ability to inhale and exhale. Most of that time he was on the neck. So that is where the, the assault comes in because it was unnecessary. And he continued to do it even after Floyd was unconscious. So there was, it was just so blatant and egregious that there was no way to say that, you know, he was following procedure, which is exactly what the, the use of force experts testify to. It's exactly what uh, the police chief testified to as well. Isn't it, doesn't it, isn't it a mitigating factor, the fact that they had these crowds around, the, around them yelling and cussing and video recording and all that stuff and saying, well, one of them said, he is human, bro, get off him, <laughs> which I could sympathize with a little bit, but uh, there was this fireman woman who called the police bitches on, and sorry guys, I don't like to use that word, <laughs> on, in that incident, and like, it was a lot of confusion, and that's like not helping the situation. Isn't that a mitigating factor? Not in what Chauvin did, no. I mean, I would be outraged too if I'm seeing somebody kneeling on somebody's neck and it's going on and on and on and on and on. I mean, and people were also talking to Floyd saying, hey, you know, relax or whatever, even though at that time he was already handcuffed. He, I mean, he wasn't really able to do much. So police officers are supposed to be able to handle those situations. If they can't handle those situations, they, they shouldn't be police officers. So I don't think that the crowd contributed to what happened to Floyd. I mean, I think that, I mean, that was an excuse that the defense brought up, but I didn't think it was a very good one. Derek Chauvin didn't seem very flustered at all. I mean, he was, he was stoic. And, and some people were saying that it was more of a pride issue. Like, I'm not going to get off his neck because you're telling me to. So, hmm. I mean, e even if that's what was going on in his head, which we can't possibly know that, right. it, it, it doesn't provide an excuse. That was so disgusting the way that they, they did this to the Covington Catholic school boy too. Uh, that racist smirk, you know, the guy who's, when the in American Indian activist chant was beating the drum right in his face, and he had a smirk, that racist smirk on his face. I felt that that's unfair to try to mind read what Chauvin or this uh, Nicholas Sandman were doing. Of course, Nicholas Sandman did absolutely nothing wrong. And yeah, Chauvin, I don't know, I, I don't, it seems like conjecture to me to say that George Floyd would be alive today were it not for... Uh, Derek Chauvin's knee on Floyd's neck. It seemed, and there were other guys on his on his body too. And Floyd's other knee was maybe on his other the other part of his body, right? And they were saying that that was all part of the restriction of his breathing, the people on his body, on especially on his torso. That that was probably part of it too. Now I don't know how their trials are going to turn out because I don't think that they were the main factor in it. But um, it but seems. It seems like such guesswork. It seems like so vague to say that this knee killed George Floyd. Doesn't it seem like it seemed ridiculous? Because they're relying on one guy's testimony, and there's been there's been other opinions, you know, professional opinions about it, and we're relying on experts when common sense would say, okay, it didn't look right, but we don't know. And this guy was 
clearly overdosing. He had tripled the level of fentanyl in his system that normally kills people. And, but that, that's the thing, though. Nobody said he was overdosing. No medical professional, none of the people who examined him said that he overdosed. And that's the, that's the part that people leave out. I mean, they say that he did have a high level of fentanyl in his system. During the trial, they showed that other people who had that level of fentanyl, a lot of them still survived. Now, I'm assuming they got medical care like George Floyd didn't. They didn't have. But they were waiting for it. They were waiting for it. They were waiting for it. But again, while you're waiting for it, you're on his neck for nine minutes. So I think if that, like I said, I think if they had sat him up a little bit, waited for the ambulance to come, he would still be alive. The medical the medical examiner for Hennepin County ruled that the manner of his death was a homicide. Would they have would they have gotten on him had he not resisted arrest for the seven minutes prior? Maybe, maybe not, but probably not. But resisting arrest does not give a police officer to have carte blanche to do whatever the hell they want. I know, but but they wouldn't that he was on the ground. He was no longer resisting. Remember, he had the handcuffs on him. He was laying face down. He wasn't resisting at that moment. He was moving around and writhing at first. Say what? He was moving around and writhing at first. You mean when he was on the ground? Yeah, when when he he was was on the ground. ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe for a few seconds, but he said thank you when he got on the ground. He wanted to be there. I know, but he listen, he wanted we, the, the knee on the neck. Didn't though. we see him sitting? Nobody si- sitting on, sitting on him. He was sitting against a wall, right? Wasn't he just? They let him lounge around a little bit, and then he started resisting this resisting arrest and get me out of the car. I'm, I'm. Uh, yeah, he don't want to get in the car. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, he he was resisting. I don't think it's problem. reasonable to say that. They they would have been on him even had he not resisted arrest. I mean, it's I didn't. Possible. I know you didn't say that, but you say that they they might have, but they it's didn't it, before. The is, yeah, the thing is, we don't know. But what I do know is that his resisting doesn't give them the excuse to do whatever they want. Right. I'm not. I'm not arguing that either. But I don't. It, it's always don't. a bad idea to resist arrest. I mean, I'm not. I'm not yeah. advocating for resisting arrest. And you and you I, you mentioned do it. I'm just saying it doesn't provide. A justification. You mentioned that blacks are disproportionately affected by police so-called mm-hmm. brutality, but that's because they're disproportionately resisting arrest, by and large. Like they have an attitude with cops. They like eight times more likely to, or nine times more likely to resist arrest. Are the numbers that came out of, I believe, San Francisco, uh, one recent year. It is people are kind of totally glossing. I'm not saying you are, but people are totally glossing over. The fact that blacks are acting, these blacks that are getting in trouble with the cops, most of them are acting out of control. I mean, I'm not familiar with that study, but I mean, the study that I'm talking about came from Harvard. And, and, and this Liberals. actually, this study, well, which is interesting because this, <laughs> this study uh, found that there was no racial bias when it comes to fatal shootings of police. Right. Yeah, but it, it also found that black people are more likely to, to get roughed up, whether they're resisting or not. And even disparity, disparities in crime rates do not fully account for this difference. So, but there's yeah, a big, I mean, there's it, a big it, disparity it, in yeah. in attitude that's not there, accounted there, for in the crime. A lot of times, a lot of times and, that's not accounted for. But but I but I will say that. I'm talking about excessive force. I'm not talking about the, the amount of force you need to, to, to get somebody under control who's actually resisting. Yeah. I don't care what color they are. If you're resisting, then the police get to use a certain level of force. Right. That's not my issue. My issue is when it's excessive, when they're getting beaten up for not even for, for not resisting. Or if somebody just mouths off and the, the cop hauls off and pops them in the head with a flashlight or right. whatever. Like, that's, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Okay. Um, 
that's the other thing. These, it's such a scam. Lawyers, um, I do not like lawyers because it seems like there are cities that are paying out thousands and hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars, maybe even year after year, I don't know, um, in cases of supposed, you know, lawsuits for excessive force or whatever, and, or even so, so-called wrongful deaths. And in many cases, they were completely justified. For example, uh, Mike Brown, the case of Mike Brown. All the evidence points to uh, what's his name being justified in his taking down of, of Mike Brown over in Ferguson, Missouri. Yet the, fa- the so-called family, I say so-called because, you know, the parents weren't married. It was a mess. Um, didn't they get like millions of dollars or one point something million dollars in a settlement from Ferguson and Brianna Taylor? I mean, that was another case where she kind of brought it on herself in a sense with all this dating, having formerly dated that drug dealer and then the boyfriend firing upon the officers, whether he knew they were a cops or not. These people are getting rewarded for their, for poorly raising their loved ones, essentially. You know what I mean? It's such a scam. In, in the case of Mike Brown, I'm not sure what they got as far as settlement goes, but but I mean, I don't believe the left's narrative on that. I mean, the facts came out. Um, but in Breonna Taylor's case, I mean, I don't think she, you, you can't say that, oh, because she dated a guy, then she gets to die and, and you know, the, the, the government shouldn't be held accountable. No, it's not. Want. I'm just saying, I mean, the boyfriend fired up on the cops and You're what right, are they supposed but, to do? Yeah, but again, they let the boyfriend off because obviously he didn't realize that it was police that he was firing at. He, he claims the and they have no proof, right? They have no, they can't prove that he knew if they wanted to prove <laughs> if they wanted him in jail he would be in jail because i mean they he he did fire at a police officer right but at the same time they found that they through their questioning of him and whatever evidence they had that this was not something that was intentional so th- th- that case is, is pretty complicated i mean the, yeah i know there's a lot of stuff going but yeah, i'm just I mean, talking about in general these payouts ridiculous some might be and some might not be. I mean, if the government oversteps its bounds, if a government official oversteps their bounds and it winds up in somebody being hurt or killed, they should be punished for it. There what, should be judgments against them. What you think about this Ashley Babbitt situation? You familiar at all with it? Where? <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't know why y'all waited until now to start complaining about it. I was complaining about it when it first happened. I mean, yeah. honestly, I, and I'm not saying that you personally. I'm just talking about a lot of conservative commentators. They're bringing her up now because of Chauvin. I'm like, no, you should have been complaining about this before. She was unarmed. Right. She wasn't a threat. She shouldn't have been killed. I don't agree with what she was doing. Right. She was in the middle of committing a crime. Yeah. Just like we always talk about with black people. She was in the middle of committing a crime True. and got shot to death. That officer should be held accountable. We should know who that person is. And, and I, I, I read earlier today that the, her family is suing the Capitol Police. I hope they get a payout because her death was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, before I, we have the lines are full, and I do, if you are, are able to take calls, I do want to yeah. take calls. And I may want to hold you over past the beginning of the next hour. That's fine. If I you're got able. Time. Okay. But uh, last time we had to gloss over this, I was running out of time. And I wanted to talk about black Democrat voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think either of us want blacks to be Democrat voters. <laughs> Although it seems like you might have said you want blacks involved in both parties, come to think of it. But anyway, by and large, it's not good for them to be <laughs> voters for Democrats, right? I say. It, whose fault is that? Is that cowardly Republicans? 
or is it their own dumb fault or both? I would say the major, if you know the history, you know that the majority of it is the Republicans' fault. And um, I actually did a video on this a while ago. I, I did a three-hour live stream talking about the entire history going from I I saw the end. Yeah, the end. You of put it on your IG, right? I mean, you announced it on your IG. Instagram. I announced it on my Instagram. Yes, um, but it is on YouTube. And I and I actually I broke it up into separate sections as well. So if you don't want to watch the whole three-hour video, you can just, just watch each section. But the history it started back right after Reconstruction when Republicans decided that they wanted to start. Uh, favoring more white voters in the South. And Democrats had to do the same thing too, by the way. I mean, th this was, isn't this didn't start out as a Republican-Democrat issue. It started out as a North and South issue. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you had the Lily White movement, which systematically stripped Black people of power in the Republican Party because Black people were essential to the foundation of the Republican Party. The Republicans and Black people were like this, like close. And then this movement cropped up and that began the eventual exodus from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party. The bottom line is that all throughout its history, Republicans have rejected black voters. I mean, we, we, we can go up to uh, uh, Barry Goldwater, who straight out said, we need to stop trying to court black voters. He killed it. He killed black outreach in the GOP. And they've been using that approach ever since. And I will say that all, while all this was going on, I make it a point in my video, there were always people in the Republican Party pushing back against this evolution that they were going through because they saw we need to be we need to go back to our roots and and build trust with the black community again. And I'm just giving you a thumbnail. There's actually a lot more to this. But the overall yeah. but the bottom line is when you know the history, you know, it was the Republican Party that pushed black people away. It wasn't black people who just left because they liked socialism. But I mean, 80 percent of black people identify as either moderate or conservative. So if they're not voting for Republicans, that tell that right there tells you that Republicans are doing something wrong and they have been doing it for decades and people on the right don't want to talk about it. But now we're going to now we're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, you in the last time that I talked with you, you talked about how Republicans don't support local Republican politicians who are trying to run in these majority black or or high concentration black communities um and you're saying that that does that translate to them not voting republican nationally too because nationally they have a choice locally they may not have a choice but nationally they have a choice they could this there's some sensible blacks out there who vote republican <laughs> which I mean, I mean i guess that there's a lot of rhinos so how sensible is that really but is that what you're saying well, I mean, if you're talking about national, like presidential elections, yeah. Again, same thing. What did Trump do differently than Mitt Romney, John McCain? He was real. He, but and he also asked for black people to vote for him. Right. He also addressed the black community directly. Yeah. I mean, Trump didn't do everything perfectly. I mean, I have a lot of criticism for Trump, but what he did right is he actually talked to black people. He set up, you know, black voices for Trump. He he tried to get the vote. That's why he increased it. We saw the same thing with Eisenhower. When he first ran for president, he only got like 20% of the black vote. He didn't really try all that hard. But when he ran for re-election, he actually started putting more effort into getting black votes. And when he was re-elected, he got 39% of the black vote. It, this isn't rocket science. It, all it takes is for a, a Republican president to try and to actually court black votes. Mike Huckabee, when he ran for governor of Arkansas, 
48% of the black vote. That was unheard of. It, it's still unheard of. All he did was build relationships with black communities, black leaders, black figures in, in his state and cultivate those relationships and not just do it when it's time for, for, for getting elected. And he, he was real. So, I mean, yeah, they, so black people do have a choice, but they're not going to choose the person who ignores them or who, or right. who demeans them. True. That's just common sense. Um, some of these blacks who try to run for office, I've noticed, they kind of beg for money and for attention, or they complain that they're not getting support from the GOP, which, I mean, I get that the GOP is uh, a bunch of rhinos. They're not for for what's right. But it's kind of, isn't it kind of cringeworthy when they start begging for the money and attention from these people? Um, and complain? Because I've just seen, I don't know anybody, I can't name anybody offhand, but I've seen different black Republicans, whether it's women or men, sometimes even men, uh, running for office, local office, mayor, whatever, and they're saying, oh, I'm not getting the support from the whatever, National Republic or State Republican Party or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yes, you should get the support if you're a decent candidate, I guess, but it just seems like they're carrying on with that same victim mindset that's not helping their situation and not really inspiring to other people looking at them. Well, I mean, I mean, especially to black people on the outside looking in, if they're saying, if they're seeing that the Republican Party won't even support its black candidates, that's yet another indicator, right, that they shouldn't vote for them. I mean, here, here's the thing. I mean, some 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 of these black candidates are are real and they actually do want to make a difference. Others are running for clout. I'm not yeah. going to name names. But um, what but the thing is, their complaints are apt. I mean, when we talked last time, I told you in cities like Chicago or Baltimore or, or D.C. or what have you, that that democrat machine is entrenched and the local and state democrat parties they support their candidates and they're there in the communities so you need a political machine to be able to defeat that you can't it's almost impossible to do it on your own now in some cases i, I will say that in some areas the the uh, local gops will lend their support or they'll, they'll at least try to do something but by and large they're not really doing much, especially in Chicago. I've talked to, to some candidates who, who run in Chicago, and they're telling me that their, their GOP is completely inept. I mean, you talk about rhinos. I mean, that's what you're dealing with. They're trying to build an infrastructure outside of their Republican Party because they know that they're never going to get that support. And but I, but I will say that from the national, the RNC, the National Republican Party, the ones that are below that at the state and local levels, they do take their cues from the top. So yeah. it's it's a top down problem as well. And, and if we're really serious about this, if we want to win minority voters, which, by the way, if we don't, the conservative movement is going to be irrelevant in a few decades, then they have to start pouring in some resources and look at it as a long game because the Democrats are great at the long game. And I can explain that if you want me to. But Democrats are great at the long game. Republicans tend to be more short term thinkers with this stuff. And they think that the way they've been doing it is going to keep working. We need to change that thinking because. If we don't, we will be a socialist nation. It's that serious. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's that demographic replacement of of whites. And so then wouldn't you agree that this attack on whites and this is bad for blacks? Since you support conservatism and you think that's the best thing for blacks and for people, it's just right. Don't you think don't you agree that being. Loving whites rather than hating them 
is the best thing for black Americans? Well, yeah. I mean, why do you think that white progressives want black people to hate white conservatives? Yeah. I mean, that that's part of the scheme. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll tell you this right now. Most black people don't hate white people. I mean, if you if you if you talk to a regular rank and file black person, they don't hate white. Even if they believe that a lot of people white people are racist, they know that most are not. So don't be fooled by what you're seeing in the media, whether it's right wing media or left wing media, because they both portray the same way. Um, but yeah, they, they do want us at each other's throats. And uh, and unfortunately, on the right, we always fall for the trap, because when the white progressives start demonizing white conservatives, who does the right go after? They go after black men. I mean, that's just the way it is. And 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 in and, and, and making their point to counter that narrative, they tend to go overboard to the point to where they're demonizing black men in response and that's the trap that they fall into because thereby they're giving the left even more ammo to use against white conservatives it, it, it's a mess yeah i think and i think it's i think it's what happens when we get so focused on what the left is doing i'm not saying we don't need to call it out i'm just saying we should form our own opinions it's almost like you'll, you'll, you'll we'll put a, an issue in front of us and say what do you think about this issue and we'll look well what does the left say about it oh that's what they say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take the polar opposite <laughs> and not even form my own opinion like it, it, it's ridiculous the the left controls what we a lot of what we think yeah and the and and just like trump he did he actually made them do that because every opinion that they had was based on what trump thought right but now he's out and we're doing the same thing with the left we need to take a look at these issues be the adults in the room acknowledging issues of race is not going to turn us into Al Sharpton. I promise. If you, if you acknowledge that there's a certain amount of racism that exists or that, that, or that there are racial disparities, you're not going to turn into AOC. I promise you can acknowledge those things without going crazy, without pretending like the KKK is waiting behind every tree to, to lynch a black person. We need to be the ones to have these conversations and be honest about it. Cause honestly, I think that's what black people want. Do you agree that that since you believe that racism is real, that whites are the least racist of all the people in America, statistically speaking, per capita, if you will? <laughs> per capita. <laughs> <laughs> um, in you your know, common experience, let's say, or whatever. In my common experience, I can't say anybody's the least racist because I think most people in general are not racist. Um, at least not full on races. I mean, we all have prejudices, right? Well, you said um, you said um, last time you said we are uh, tribalistic people. Everybody's human tribal. beings are tribal, but that but some of that tribalness is being called racist or, you know, common sense or stuff that people have the right to do or just telling the truth usually is being called racist now. Well, yeah, but you, you have to consider the source who's saying it. They call everybody racist. So but and that's why I say we, we instead everybody of just white. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's and so, telling and the so, truth. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, in, instead of just saying reacting to what they're doing, why don't we form our own opinions on racial issues? I mean, I, I know you believe that racism doesn't exist. You have a different definition. It's evil or or what have you. But can but are you afraid to address the evil that happens without exaggerating it like the left does, or without exploiting it like the left does? Because the hard left, they love racism. They love bigotry. They love it because it's a weapon. They love bigotry like a, like a cowboy loves his gun. That's what they use it for. So we, since we know that, why can't we have more honest conversations about it that don't involve saying, oh, well, nobody's racist. I mean, I mean it, 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 
we're, we have an opportunity here and we're not taking it and we need to. Um, you said that most blacks don't hate white people. And I agree that most people w will get along with each other because most people are just, they won't naturally want to get along. But when push comes to shove or when these, these uh, sensitive issues like the Trayvon case and stuff like that, when those come up, you see a completely different view of, there was a, I mean, I just remember 12, like eight years ago, nine years ago, the when the Trayvon Martin case hit, the, um, the surveys showed blacks saw it completely different from non-blacks, saw that case completely different from non-blacks because they had a, in my opinion, because they had a prejudice and they've had this, this brainwashing of racism that no other people are subjected to as much as blacks are. So they have this temptation built into their system to prejudge a situation as being racist or whatever when they really don't know the situation. So I think that blacks do... I think all human beings have hatred in their heart, and I think that blacks do have this brainwashing to blame whites for situations that whites are not really to blame for. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't call it brainwashing. I don't think anybody's brainwashed. I think... Well, well I won't say Conditioning, I mean, because people are, <laughs> but, uh, people are taught to believe in race. Blacks are taught to believe in racism from childhood. Go on. I interrupted you. Well, and that's the thing. And I grew up as a black child and as a black adult. I was taught that racism does exist, but I was always able to say, well, it exists here. It doesn't exist here. It doesn't exist here. It exists here. That kind of thing. I mean, the bottom line is there are black people who think everything is racist. I've met them. I've interacted with them. I've been friends with some of them. But the vast majority don't see racism in every single situation. Black people have experienced way more racism in this country than than most other races. So, yeah, I mean, we that, that we know that history. We are very much in touch with that history and how it relates to today. But they but overplay I, that history anyway. Um, I, I don't think most black people overplay it. I do believe that the media does. Yeah, it's overplayed um, to them. Yeah, yeah, it is. And some buy it and some don't. I mean, because like I said, most black people have a lot of white friends. I mean, and, and they interact with white people on a daily basis. They, they don't hate white people. Um, but when it comes to issues of race, there may be disagreements. I mean, Trayvon Martin might be one case. There might be another case. I mean, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing black Democrats come out and defend the officer who shot Makai Bryant. So it's not it's not as cut and dry as the media would have have it seem. And I'm talking about media on both sides because they both have a vested interest in sensationalizing things. They have a vested right. interest in exaggerating things to the point to where we are going to be at each other's throats. I mean, and it it's a lot of people see it as right and left. And there that is an element. But a lot of it is the elites against the rest of us. And the, who are the ones in the media? The elites. So they have a, a vested interest in having each other, having us at, at each other's at each other's throats, um, you know, there's a lot of black conservatives who are used by fellow so-called conservatives as tokens. But and that's true. That is fact. I totally believe that. Mm -hmm. But don't you agree that all black Democrats are tokens? Like the token, they're just used as tokens like crazy. It's just they have a ton of them. They have all the tokens almost. Um, I wouldn't say used as tokens. I would say used as pawns. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you do have token blacks in the Democratic Party, the ones who, uh, you know, they like to call us tap dancers. Well, they tap dance for Biden. They tap dance for the right, pro 
white progressives, those people do exist, especially, you know, in the media, politicians. So, yeah, they, they, they tokenize black people, too. They just don't really get called out for it. Although I will say that there are some on the left who will call this out, but you don't hear about it that much. I mean, you're, you're not going to hear they don't have the microphone, so to speak. Um, do you agree that it's lame for this is a side note? Do you believe, agree that it's lame for these journalists to capitalize the B all of a sudden in the word black? For when they're referring to black Americans. <laughs> Have you noticed First that? Of all, yeah, no, no. For, we need to stop using the word journalists. These people are not journalists. <laughs> they're activists. I call them the activist media. I call them media activists. And yeah, it, it is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they capitalize, you know, black and white, fine, I don't care. But I mean, if they're, they're making a point to capitalize black and acting like that's ending racism. But but that's what they do, James. This is what these people do. It's, it's just like, you know, last summer when when George Floyd went down, what did the Democrats do? They painted murals. They painted murals on the <laughs> yeah. street. Oh, yeah, that's going to end racism. Did, you know, the, the, the global Black Lives Matter movement. I'm not talking about the local chapters. I'm talking about the global Black Lives Matter movement. What the hell have they done as far as uh, influence, influencing policy in a way that would hold officers accountable? Nothing. Because they don't want to solve the problem. They don't care. Yeah. I have some super chats and some calls to get to. And I All do right. have more questions for you. We're at the top of the hour. I hope I can keep... Just let me know as, as if you need to go. Um, no, that's good. I, I blocked out time. Cool. I appreciate that. So the first one, Asmodor over in Trovo. I have, I'm streaming on multiple platforms. He says, if blacks aren't more racist, then why, according to the FBI, is a black person 27 times more likely to attack a white person than vice versa? You familiar with the black on white crime disparity? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and a lot of that is demographics. I mean, there are far more white people than, than black people. I mean, the vast majority of crime, though, is within the race. So the most amount of black crime is done against black people. The most amount of white victims are beaten up or killed by other white people. So here's the thing this you have to look at. So it, you're saying it's the numbers. So so here's the thing. Black people beat up white people more than white people beat up black people. It's also true that black people are also the highest number of hate crime victims. It's also true that the black people who beat up white people or beat up other black people represent a minuscule percentage of the entire black population. So the vast majority of black people aren't beating anybody up. But people use this to say, oh, this is somehow a, re a reflection of black culture or the black community. No, it's not. If it's fewer than 1% of us doing it, then you can't say it's black culture. You, you might have a different name for that culture. You can say, I don't know, gang culture or whatever culture you want to say. But it's not black culture because if it was, there would be a huge percentage of us doing these things. But you, so the, your answer to the, the disparity in uh, black on white crime being way out of proportion compared to white on black crime is there's more whites to attack that could be it and and, and the thing is that there are a lot of things that could explain that but it's not a reflection of the black community in general okay it's, so it's not it's not representative of an attitude in black america where we're like yeah we need to go out and beat up beat up white people these are a but very that in, small group of people but that comes from something from the larger culture frequently no, because if that were the case, there would be more of us beating up white people in the no, streets. No, not no, not necessarily. The look, um, mass shootings motivated by hatred of Jews or hatred of the or hatred of the the um, immigrants or whatever, 
or uh, blacks committing a crime based on oh the the whites are whatever the knockout game and all that stuff. That's right. that's a reflection that they're getting their views and their if it's motivated at all by this race thing or whatever, they're getting that from the larger culture. I'm not saying that it's that it's that you guys are all doing it, but they're getting it from the larger culture. Well, well, then I would ask this. I mean, a lot most school shooters are white. Does that mean that they're getting something from the white community yeah. or the white culture? They're getting something from the larger culture for sure. That I mean, well, I mean, that, that's an interesting question. I mean, I'm glad you're being consistent with that, but um, but that I, I would I would wonder what it is they're getting because I, I don't see it as a racial culture that they're getting it from. Maybe it's just something overall in American culture. Don't you think Maybe the blacks have a pretty racial culture? They have the most racial culture in of all the cultures in America, <laughs> I think. Well, but but that's the thing. Like though. they're I mean, the I, most race focused people in America. But, but, but that's the thing. I to don't their see own that. detriment. Yeah, but but I'm not seeing that the white com- or the most white people or white culture, whatever if you want to call it that, are giving messages to these young men who shoot up massage parlors and stuff like that. And I don't see that the larger black community is giving a message to black people who um, act like thugs, basically, I'd say that's more thug culture. I don't see that the black community is saying, yes, this is a good thing. I think that these people are acting of their own volition. They have chosen to take what they've heard and use it to justify what they're doing. I mean, I can say, like, like I can say, I'm against illegal immigration. Now, if you go out and shoot illegal immigrants because I said that, that's not my fault, that's your fault. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, because because you you can say things that you can I know, but people are people. Rude. I know, but I mean, I'm not playing the game where oh, you're you're like Trump's rhetoric is responsible for this thing happening. Okay. Yeah, I'm not falling for that. But it is when you're pushing a lie, an outright lie that oh, whites are racist and we need to go polar bear hunting, or whatever they're calling it, right? Knockout game stuff. Because like blacks are killing. It's not just a rare mass shooting. Because the mass shootings, I don't know. Blacks are committing as many mass shootings, but just not at schools. <laughs> not going into the gun-free zones. They're not as... I don't know, maybe they are cowards too, but... Um, like, when you look at the murders, the black-on-white murders, are there's like 500 of them a year. And then there's like less than 250 of white-on-black murders. I know that... <laughs> it seems like there's more potential white perpetrators too. Like, why would it... Anyway, what a minute. What a mess. It seems yeah, like the answer that, is... That is a good question, though. I mean, that, that's making me want to look into that. I mean, to, to see the, the reasons why. It's an interesting question. Um, I have a couple of more Super Chats. Uh, Hydro says on Streamlabs.com slash The Hague Report, In a criminal case, the prosecution bears the burden of proving the defendant is guilty beyond all reasonable doubt. Interesting. Thank you, Hydro. True. Um... Hydro says, never argue with low IQ people. They will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. <laughs> Arguing. Okay, well, thank you, guys. I will read more of your super chats. I want to get to a call or two before I get on. I do want to talk about um, infighting amongst blacks and um, the spiritual problem. I think it's a spirit. Are you a Christian? Yeah. I think it's a spiritual problem that is infecting America and blacks and oh by the way you said before I get to the cause you talked about the attack on men and the attack on black men do you agree that we shouldn't be calling 
black women queens. That's a joke, right? To call black women queens? I call black women queens. What? I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I love it. But I, I will say this. I mean, I, why? I've got, I, I got white female friends and I'll call them queens too. But, but why, I, do you, why do you call women queens? I, I love black women. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, it's just it's it's a cultural thing, right? I mean, that that that's all it is. I mean, it's not it's, there's nothing harmful about it. It's just something that we do. But it's it can like, be harmful. Just like black people call each other sister and brother. That's just what we do. Yeah, that's that's I know. Um, black mothers are more directly responsible for this black youth crime than the black men. How so? Because they're the single mothers who are raising these children. You know, I, I think that's really reductionist. I'm not going to say there aren't bad. But when it comes down to it, they're more directly responsible. They're both responsible because one has to be, but directly responsible for it. They're giving an attitude that's untalked, that's not talked about. What's the attitude to the kids? To the to these kids, the kids that are, are getting this attitude from somewhere. It's from the black mothers. What are the black mothers teaching them? Anger. Why do you think that? Because look at how angry and out of control so many of these black kids are. We're, we're seeing it all over in viral videos all over the place. Maybe their anger doesn't have anything to do. I mean, I was raised by a single mother. I'm not angry. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I know. But there's exceptions to the rules. But you think these are coming from two-parent homes? I, I think, well, I think the fact that they're homes are broken up and a lot of times the father isn't involved. I don't think that this is as widespread as we say it is on the right, but that does happen. It happened to me. And I think that that feeds into a lot of the anger. I think the conditions in which they live feed into a lot of the anger. I think that there's a lot of stuff that, that figures into it. I think that it's such that even in a lot of cases, if the single mother is doing the best that they can, which I believe most are, they, they can still have this anger. I mean, and, and, and the society in which they live, which, by the way, a lot of this was, was was done by Democrats. Most of it was. I think that also figures into it as well. I mean, when you don't have economic opportunities, when the education system in your city sucks and you don't have the choice to go to a better school, you don't have the opportunity. I mean, there, there's no way to deny that that all plays a role. If those issues were taken care of and these single mothers were, were doing the best they could, then I think that they're, it's more likely that they're going to turn out with without having that level of anger. I'm not saying that that would solve everything, but at the same time, if there are certain conditions that the government deliberately created, then it doesn't make sense to just blame the single mother because most single mothers are doing the best they can and they're, and they're good mothers. <laughs> I don't know, man. It seems like there's a hesitancy among most people, including you, I think, to criticize women single mothers because it's not politically correct or so something or some type I'll of when it's necessary i mean the mother of a who, that 13 year old kid who was out at 2 30 in the morning yeah horrible parenting <laughs> like i i don't i don't and oh, i don't yeah. know if she was black or white or, better, or hispanic, hispanic i think i mean but that's the thing if you give me like an, an individual case then i can judge it that way but i'm not going to make a blanket statement and say just in blank and black single mothers are just are directly responsible for what's happening here but i don't I think, think it's I think I mean, I know that I recognize that the larger culture and Democrats and media all all play a negative influence on people. But you have to parents can be a huge stopper to that huge stopper to 
to that. And I don't think it's 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 not it's a disservice to excuse it and say, oh, it's Democrats fault or, oh, it's the failing schools and stuff. Yeah, I mean, those are not helping. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's all of it. I know, but we got to because keep in mind, if you're a white kid and you grew up and if you, you happen to grow up in one of these cities next to black people and your, your white single mother is there, too, very good chance you're going to end up the same way. It happens yeah, I mean, all the time. Well, I, yeah, I'm not saying that's not happening. Look at Dylan Roof. He had a messed up family situation. Right. He had right. black friends. And then he saw this lie from the media about white racism. And then he looked up the black on white crime and saw, hey, this isn't this isn't. They're not telling me the truth, and he got mad and wanted to start a race war. But, and that's, uh, that's that messed up family situation that's going on. Anyway, I got to get to some calls, unless you have a follow-up to that. Um, I'm good. Let me get to my second favorite caller, been on hold forever. Earl in Michigan wants to comment on this Chauvin case. Earl, how are you doing? Hola. Hey. Buenos dias. Morning. James, hey. Afternoon. And they give Jeff from Jeff Charles. Charles. Jeff on the right yes, on just, Twitter. I just said that, Jeff Charles. Yep. Nice. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, one doesn't pertain, doesn't pertain to what you're talking about right now, and the other one does. Go for it. Hey, hey Jeff. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm with you. Do you believe that blacks were created for evil and that they did have, have, have no positive influence in society uh, since they've been here? And are you one of the ones that were created for evil, you and your family, <laughs> your relatives and everybody else that is preached on this, this uh, station? Wait, wait. Uh, turn do, up, do I Earl. Think that turn up Earl louder. Yeah, you're asking, uh, is what created for evil? Black folks. Black folks. That is preached on this on this uh, station, religiously, how blacks are created for evil, and they they don't have any positive uh, influence on uh, on America at all. They do nothing for it. They are the problem, and. Uh, and so on, so on, so on, so on. So I'm asking you, based on that, that assumption. No, that, that's a lot of you, black people, Yeah, black people weren't created for evil. Are you, are you created for evil and your family he said and no. all your relatives? He said no, Earl. He said that's a load of crap. Yeah, I thought so. But y'all, <laughs> y'all don't believe it when I tell you that. But uh, the other question, by the way, Hank, on the, on the show then, a situation. It is established that uh, uh, the the neck, the knee on the neck, was a was a was a uh, uh, a way of uh, getting someone into a handcuffs. It wasn't meant to hold person persons in the prone position for any length of time with their hands uh, strapped behind their back. Gotcha. It was known for 30 years. All right. 30 years uh, by police force, the danger of a uh, physical or physi- uh, positional asphyxiation. Gotcha. Um, uh, Jeff, you mentioned uh, about uh, 
the Republican Party and, and so forth, isn't it true that you've touched on a little bit that the blacks didn't abandon the Republican Party? The Republican Party abandoned the blacks in search of more votes and, and attention for, for whites. Uh, uh, by, uh, let's say, going for, um, like, in, uh, you mentioned Goldwater and his extremist views and the John Birch Society mm-hmm. and so forth. So they, they courted, they tried to court white folks, you know, with the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, Southern strategy. Are you familiar with that? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yes, I am. And it's funny, people think that the Southern strategy started in the 60s. It actually started, like I said, shortly after Reconstruction with the Lily White movement. And the thing about that, and I don't necessarily buy the left's narrative on the Southern strategy, but there was a Southern strategy. And and, and after Reconstruction, uh, what happened is that Republican, there were a lot of Republicans who wanted to win, to become more of a national party. So they wanted to win votes in the South. But the problem is that they were being labeled as the party of the Negro, right? And rightly so, because they were very close with the black community. So the Southern Democrats would tell their their white voters, don't vote for them. They like black people. So they had to try to shed that image. And the Lily White movement is what helped them do that. So that that went on. And then under Eisenhower, we had more of a resurgence of of the Republican Party trying to win back uh, uh, black votes. But then by the time Goldwater came around, he put the knife in the back of GOP black outreach. And then you had Nixon who went along with the Southern strategy, although when he took office, he didn't exactly do for the white Southerners what he said he was going to do, which leads me to believe that he was putting him on so he can get elected. Because when he got elected, one of the first things he did was build a commission for specifically for minority businesses to help black business owners. So Nixon is a mixed bag, but still, the overall point is right. It was the, the Republican Party that left the black community, not the other way around. They pushed them out. Thank you, Earl. I got to run. We'll I talk one, again. One, I got one little small thing I want to up. say. Do it. Uh, I have a little saying that uh, the Democratic Party will visit blacks and so forth. Uh, the Republicans, you have to make an appointment. So that's the difference between the uh, accessibility uh, with with the Democrats and who reaches out to that's who. your excuse for supporting abortion, Earl. No, well, no, I that's not go. my excuse. Adios, amigos. All right, adios. Nice talking with you, Earl. He's one. I he's my. Saying, I might have to. I might have to steal that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bobby in Texas wants to comment on this Ashley Babbitt thing. He's been on hold forever. What's up, Bobby? Oh, not much, James. How you doing, bud? Fine, thank you. <clears throat> All right. So, um, well, first off, I wanted to talk about the uh, the election recount, the audit in uh, Arizona. Oh well, wanted, you want you have anything opinion. for uh, for Jeff, or you want to hold? I actually, uh, put me on hold. Put you on hold. Okay. Thanks, man. Nice to hear from you. I gotta get to Craig in Illinois. He wants to comment on this Chauvin case. Craig, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Hake? Good to hear from you. Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Hey, how you doing? All right. Hey, man. Um, I, I just wanted, you know, I, know, I, um, uh, you know, I was uh, 
uh, let's see. I was uh, monitoring the uh, Shogun case last week. And, uh, you know, I do have law enforcement experiences. And there were some gray areas in that uh, incident with uh, with Officer Chauvin. But uh, by looking at the toxicology report, and you didn't mention that, with the 11 nanograms of fentanyl, and he had meth in his system. And when they pulled him out the car, now, there were some things I wouldn't have done when I was there, but if you can hear in George Floyd's voice that he was ODing, you know, I think it should have been handled a different way. Would he have known that he had all that much drugs in his system? Because that technique, which is a prone position, okay, that knee did not kill him. And that in the toxicology report, there was no sign of suffocation on his neck. So um, I just want to know, because like I said, I respect your opinion and everything, but, um, you know, yeah, it looks bad because it's on camera and there's a Photoshop of Chauvin. Yeah. But, you know, in fairness, you know, these people were very biased towards him, and plus the jury was getting intimidated by Maxine Waters. You need to mention that. Not to mention the whole mainstream media. They lynched him for a whole right. year. Well, right. six months. And they attacked this man because he's white. And, yes, I am black, and I see it myself coming from black folks, that I'm seeing a lot of black folks taking their anger and frustration out on the Caucasian race. And that's not cool. That does right there make other races don't like us. And good guys like myself and other blacks have to suffer because of that. Okay? This man did not kill that uh, George Floyd. Them drugs that he took that was in his system killed him. Okay. But they don't want to hear that. It doesn't fit their agenda. They want to hang this man because he's black. He, excuse me, because he's white. Now, if it was a black man on trial and he did that to George Floyd, it wouldn't be no outcome, no outcry. So I, I want you to know, I, can you explain to me why is it like that? I mean, it's just so mixed up to me. It don't make logical sense. It's very hypocritical that some people can go out there and go celebrate a man going to jail, but when you got these kids on the streets getting shot, there's no 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 outcry. There's no protesting. There's no celebrating when the killer's caught. Can can you help me with that? Go for it, Jeff. Yeah, there was a lot there, so I'm gonna try to remember everything. <laughs> but um, uh, I understand what you're saying about the toxicology report. Look, the bottom line is that the Hennepin County Medical Examiner ruled that George Floyd's death was a homicide and not an overdose. They didn't know the the medical examiner didn't note the amount of drugs that he had in his system. The meth, I mean, they say they talk about the meth, but the meth was at low levels, and we found that out during the trial. It he was did fentanyl. That was the issue. You said the examiner so, did or did not note the the toxic. It, the, he, he did. did note, okay. It was he in there. The, the All right. So, so, but like I like I was saying, it was shown in the trial that a lot of people who have that same that same level of fentanyl in their system they end up surviving. And it's really a case-by-case -case basis. It really depends on, on your tolerance. If you have worked up a tolerance, which George Floyd was using fentanyl because he had a back injury a while ago and he got addicted, just like you know a lot of others did. You know, yeah. Rush Limbaugh's one with Oxycontin or whatever it was. People, this happens to people. And, um, and so he could have already built up a tolerance to it. That, and George Floyd is, was a big dude. He was 6'6". Six, six. So mm -hmm. there's so there was no way that you can convince me that he was going to die at that moment, no matter what. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner found that the knee on the neck caused the death. Now, I understand that there weren't marks on his neck or, or things like that, but the pulmonologist in the trial explained that he was making it harder for George Floyd to breathe. 
And as time went on, he couldn't inhale enough to even say anything. Like, like remember, he was saying, I can't breathe. Well, after a while, he stopped saying it because he couldn't because of the knee on the neck. Um, no, there was now, the drugs in the system. I disagree with you because it takes three nanograms to kill you, okay? All right, he had 11 in his system. That's enough to kill a horse. Uh, if that were had true, he, then everybody who had that amount of drugs in their system would be dead, and that's not true. Had he not... That. Had Man, he not, did you graduate? You graduate, dude, because you you come up here talking that bullshit. You don't know what you're talking keep it, about. Keep it clean, Craig. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Keep it keep it cool, Craig. Um, had he not been on those drugs, would that knee have killed him? Do you think? According to the trial, it would have. But and here's the thing: I'm not saying that the drugs <laughs> didn't have know, anything to do with it. They amazing. may have had something to do with it. But the bottom line is that the knee without the knee on the neck. Let's move on hey, to hey, the I other points. Go. I want to talk to this guy. I'm a. I talk to you later. Thank you. Thank man. you, Craig. Uh, but you can still answer the other points that he was uh, saying. He said that that well, was the one thing. I think the other point was the answer. So I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll address what he said about no, you know, he's still listening. So. Other black people. So they say, you know, yeah, the media does ignore it when black people kill black people. And by the way, this wasn't a racist thing. Chauvin wasn't convicted because of his race. Come on now. Everybody knows that most white police officers, when they commit a crime like that, they don't get punished for it. So if that were the case, we, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because most officers who commit those kind of crimes would be in jail. The fact of the matter is that doesn't happen. So that was a load of crap. Wait, so, you're saying that but, cops are getting away with crimes? Yeah, I mean, if, if a police officer is accused... I'm, not, I'm still not even convinced that he committed a crime, to be honest. Well, but well, well, either way, I mean, it is very unlikely that a cop ever gets held accountable when they do for a wrong. for a killing because it, most of those killings are justified no no i'm talking about the ones that aren't justified i mean killings are beatings or excessive force i mean chauvin had 17 complaints against him that's instance. irrelevant and, people complain the, in minneapolis yeah, people complain, complain for good reason in it's murderopolis it's murderopolis <laughs> it's hell over there and a if lot a of people complain that's not evidence for no that he good did reason wrong. then the complaint is relevant and i think like eight of them were for uh, excessive force and nothing happened if, if they had done something about it then George Floyd would still be alive and you know what Chauvin wouldn't know. be in jail <laughs> so so that's what I'm saying they, they don't police officers rarely get punished even when they're found to have planted evidence things like that they, they might get but when it's against a black they go the lynch mob no, goes nuts they don't yeah it is when the when all of this hype goes on yes they do if yeah. they can get media attention Fewer They're than 30% of police the officers guy. are ever taken to court or, or, or tried for a crime. Of the ones who are tried, fewer than 30% actually get convicted. Of the ones who are convicted, Fewer than thirty percent of them actually see jail time because they're so mostly petty complaints. If, if, if this was if this was because America is racist against white cops, that would not be the case. No, this, because I mean, the numbers don't bear you out. Most of this is petty complaints. Uh, getting beaten up by a government official, yeah, that's not petty. If it happened to you, you wouldn't think it was petty. I know, but there's a whole lot of people giving petty complaints, and you know it. Like what? I don't know, but it happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it happens. Blacks are but... constantly crying racism over any little thing. They make a disturbance, and you're saying, and they're saying, "Oh, you're but, but this because I'm racist." Not for racism. If you're if you're lodging a complaint against an officer, you're not saying, "I don't like this guy." Because but it's he's another racist. word you're for it. He beat the crap out of me when I wasn't resisting, or he planted evidence, or whatever. I mean, that's what these complaints are. Yeah, I'm sure there's some petty complaints out there, and I'm sure that some are and some there's... are even lying. But when you have 17 complaints against you, 
or it's or, not or evidence. All these complaints going on. That's like Bill. Co- that's like saying Bill Cosby's guilty because there's fifty or sixty complaints against him. A- accusations and complaints are not evidence. I th- reject all that stuff. Maybe it was, but I don't. I don't. That's not evidence to me. Yeah, but to me, if you have all these complaints, and I'm not just talking about show, but I'm just talking about in general. The same here. If, if people bring charges against an officer, the officer is going to get off. That, that that's just how it happens. E- even prosecutors. That's because they need evidence. Grand juries in a way that they gets need... the officer off. It's 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 been clear. They they have. I mean, when when we're talking about qualified immunity, an officer can they can use that to get off. And a lot of times, even when they're fired, they can just find work at a, at another police department. So yeah, police officers are allowed to do things that that you and I wouldn't be able to do without getting punished and that's a problem and that's that puts a lie to the idea that chauvin was convicted because of his race because if that were true then most white police it totally officers, is when they get when they go when they go to court when they get charged with crimes they wouldn't get off no that's not true because there wasn't there's not all this media attention on all these white officers so there's not as much pressure it was politics why the, why a lot of these guys are against white people then it would get more media attention. this this brings me to my uh Jesse Lee Peterson says that blacks are cursed, and t- I've heard Tommy Sotomayor and others wonder whether blacks are cursed because of all these things going wrong. It's kind of like my show at the beginning. Whatever could go wrong, dis- does go wrong. Some of it's their own dumb fault. Some of it is neglect from neglect of justice, let's say. Let's say it does happen with the police sometimes, right? A lot of times. But there's this disproportionately ha- disproportionate hatred of, of cops and of whites and one another, honestly. They don't love each other. Even black conservatives are infighting like crazy. And actually, everybody's infighting in, in America right now, especially like on the right because we lost. Well, arguing doesn't mean hate, though. I mean, because you argue with somebody, you disagree but with But I'm, I'm talking about infighting. I'm not talking about just disagreeing. I'm talking about infighting and backbiting, envy, backstabbers, jealousy, and... I Sounds think like that a human condition. It is, but it's infect, but it's affecting blacks the most. Is it? Yeah. Look at the look at the family situation, the crime situation. It's affecting blacks the most. It's like on okay. fire, and you know that. So, so black people are cursed, right? Okay. So there are there about forty five million black people in the country today. How many of them? What what percentage do you think are in jail? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, when you're talking that's, about that's that's one sim- that's jail is just one symptom. We we are you feel cursed sometimes. I I bet <laughs> there's there's a whole lot of curse before you get to jail. No, that's just one aspect. Do exactly. You, know, do you, you realize that the vast majority of Black Americans are not poor, right? You do know. Yeah, that. I know that. But but know, that's that's my you know situation. That black wages are going up. You do know that Black women are graduating graduating college that's not a positive thing and and all this but if it allows them to start a business then that is a positive all all americans are probably richer today than any and more spoiled i would add than any other time in history including blacks and some say that that's cursed that can't be true of us yes it can because it'll all this all this money get better for you when you're cursed that's not better for you because it's not better for you morally all Americans are at a low point. There might be truth to that. I mean, that goes back to what you were saying about there being um, a spiritual issue. Yeah, right? but the, that's the, what the, I mean. The, 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 the part that is silly to me is when you say, oh, this is about black people more than others. It's not. Well, it, I mean, it's, 
and it's undeniable that it's affecting blacks more than others. 95% voting for Democrats, whether it's Republicans' fault or not, that's a curse. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the not a out-of-control abortion that's, and that, that, crime and all curse. that stuff. That's, that's a, curse. a curse. That's the Republican Party making stupid decisions. I know, but to the— I mean, so, so, things, can happen, things can happen because of your own fault and because of external factors. Right. Both apart. And it's both so part of the curse. things are happening doesn't mean that it was a curse. I mean, I mean— were black people in slavery because they were cursed or was no, it because slavery was white people they were doing, evil stuff? i respect the slaves they were uh, those of them that were dignified i re, i totally respect that there was there's something wrong in the last you like a dignified 100 years okay. <laughs> for sure you don't respect the slaves and the slave owners those many of them were dignified people wait just respect the slave owners yeah them too no. They yeah, taught no, them Christianity and all that stuff. And be dignified, James. What's that? You can't own another human being and be dignified. Yeah, I you mean, can. Look at the some of the founding fathers owned so-called uh, fellow human being. So I say so-called owned owned fellow human I, beings, I, but that they, they, they were dignified men. They owned slaves. What's that? They were dignified men. They were better than many no, of most of us. Men. Huh? They were flawed men. But they were dignified men. There's nothing dignified about owning another human being. I know, but they're dignified men, regardless whether they owned them or not. It was the reality of life. There's nothing dignified about abortion. That's way worse. And there's nothing dignified about having how these people having sex out of wedlock. That's the norm now. And that's that stuff is those are actual sins. Or whatever, actual. Well, yeah, and, and outright and wrongs. People is also a sin too. What's I that? Mean, Owning other people is also a sin. No, too. it's not. It's it's not ideal. I'm not for it, but it's not a sin. It's not out outlined again specifically recommended against. By what happened in America before 1865. Treat your slaves well. Masters treat your slaves well. Slaves treat your masters well. If you and can you get your freedom, do so. If you can get your freedom, do so. And, but don't let it. You don't know the keep difference between those slaves and the slaves that we have today. What's that? You don't know the difference between those slaves and the slaves that we have today. And by the way, what slaves do we have today? The difference I mean, between biblical that, slaves. I mean, before 1865. <laughs> but <laughs> although, even still, there, there is still slavery today, just not. Right. I mean, yeah. But regardless, I'm I'm talking about there was. I think there's this blanket. Oh, everything was evil about it. <laughs> I saw. I saw. Yeah, you're like. About evil, I quit. If slavery was evil. No, not everything was evil about it. I mean, you guys should be grateful to be here. Do you think human traffickers are dignified who have slavery in America today? No, not necessarily. Why not? Because human trafficking is, is illegal. Oh, so it's the legality. So if it were <laughs> legal for slavery but to you're be not even here, trying to understand. it would be okay. You're not even trying to understand my point. You're being obtuse because you well know that the founding fathers were dignified men. Or are you denying that? I think that the ones who didn't own slaves were. I think that the ones who wow. owned slaves... Did did some good things. I, I like that they founded this country. I, I love this country. But I'm not going to look back and say, yeah, I mean, that guy who owned slaves was dignified. Now, have you done in wrong some... in your life? Yeah, sure. Do you have like an ongoing wrong in your life that's ongoing? Not to get into it personally, but but how can you say that these people weren't dignified and you're did just judging repent? them based on this slavery did they thing? Of, of their slavery. Huh? Some, some did. Some did. I know, but so, this was a com this was a reality of life. Oh man, it's ridiculous. I think you guys are is, dramatic is about it. Life is that? Does that mean it's a good thing? No, it's not a good thing. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. 
abortion isn't a bad thing? Abortion is bad. But I'm right. talking about slavery. Yeah, and slavery is a bad thing, especially... Can, it can be. It's usually... It's not ideal. There were happy slaves. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's move on because we're at an impasse with this topic. I can't believe that you think that these were not dignified men. George Washington, no, the ones who continue to support slavery. General no. Lee, General Lee, didn't he eventually free them? He he, he said that it's a more it's a moral and political evil, but he inherited from his uh, father-in-law like dying. He had he had, to, he had to deal with he the he, he had that to deal with thing. all this stuff, and so he had to keep the slaves to in order to keep the thing going. Like some of this stuff, you can't exactly get out of. A lot of people who freed their slaves. They still worked on that same plantation. They just got paid. They, it was by choice at that point. If it's by choice, then it's by choice. Yeah, I like choice. But, but, but Lee, he ended up freeing his slaves upon his death. That was a good thing. So I can, I can say, you know, if you supported slavery and then you changed your mind on it, fine. But if you're talking about the ones who were supporting slavery until their death, I'm sorry, I don't have, I don't, I don't have much grace there, even, even for Robert E. Lee. He wasn't as bad as some of the others, but I'm not going to be like, yeah, you stopped doing something that you knew you shouldn't have been doing in the first but place. But how are these people supposed to know that they shouldn't be doing it if they born and raised in this culture where it's all accepted? Look at the stuff yeah, that we accept that's way worse. Culture. There were always plenty of people pushing back against I know, slavery. but the, a lot of these were Marxists. I heard that the Republican Party was was heavily Marxist influenced, like Karl Marx. Was that? Yeah. Well, not heavily. No, that, that's a lie that the left will tell you. Well, I heard that Karl Marx wrote to Abe Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and that he was he repeating wrote, stuff that he was saying. Yeah, he wrote <laughs> one letter to Abraham Lincoln. They were not friends. Abraham Lincoln was not a Marxist, and I don't agree with everything that Abraham Lincoln did. But that is a lie that progressives will tell you. They want you to think that the beginnings of the Republican Party were Marxist. It's not just progressive wanted... saying this stuff. Some honest pe people I consider honest are, are saying this stuff. They're looking into this. They're honest, too. That they're just wrong. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, Karl Marx and Abraham Lincoln were, were not best buds. I mean, that, that, that's been debunked. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't saying they were. Um, okay. I got to get to some more calls. I hope that you're able to. I'm probably going to keep you through the, until the top of the hour. If that works for you. Okay. Appreciate it. Um, let's get to Zach in Columbus, Ohio. He's been on hold forever. Zach, it's good to hear from you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, how are you? Fine. Thank you. Um, first, I want to say to Jeff, how do you not believe that the founding fathers were dignified people, but you have an American hat on? Take that American hat off. <laughs> What is so American about slavery? I mean, we, we fought a war to end it. Now, not all the founding fathers owned slaves. I think mo a lot of them didn't. And, and a lot of them ended up changing their minds on it. Those people are dignified. But I'm not going to say that George every Washington. single one was dignified. George Washington, dignified or not? All of them were dignified. They were founding fathers. I think in George Washington's time, and somebody, and, somebody, and somebody may want to check me on this, but I think in George Washington's time, when he was alive, you couldn't actually free your slaves. If you did, they would just be caught by somebody else or they would be killed. See? So in that case, so if that's true... He was a good master. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you can't be a master of another human being and, and be good. But, but yeah, here's the thing. Can. If that is yeah, factually true, 
then anyway. then then I don't see what else Washington could have done. Jesse if Lee Peterson is my master. Slaves illegally and nothing <laughs> would have happened to them. Then then no, that is an undignified part of him. Him fighting the Revolutionary War that is dignified. But I'm not going to say that the whole but man. But the man. Uh, anyway, okay. Anything else, Zach? Yeah, I I for the original question was. I wanted, if you know about this LeBron James situation, I wanted to get your take on that. Oh God, LeBron James. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wrote an article a while ago uh, that would uh, offend some of my readers, but I said uh, um, LeBron James is is a white progressive and political blackface, which is something that I say about the global Black Lives Matter movement as well. He's doing exactly what white progressives want him to do. He's fear-mongering. He may be sincere with what he's saying, but every time something like this happens, he uses his platform to fear-monger. And that's what pisses me off about him. I've seen him have some normal uh, nuanced conversations about this, but for the most part, he uses his platform to make it seem like black people should just be afraid every single day, afraid of even stepping foot outside their house. The same thing happened with Amara yeah, Arbery. That's what he, 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 he exploits it. Evil. And with Micaiah Bryant, he had to delete that tweet because more facts came out showing that the officer was saving a black life. Yeah. So he, re- he reacts emotionally. He says a lot of stupid shit. And I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. If I watch basketball, I might be a fan of his basketball abilities, but... Right. Yeah, I'm not really a fan. I, I don't think that he's doing it on purpose, but he should know better. Appreciate you, Zach. Yep. Any, anything else, man? Yep, take that American flag hat off. You're not a real patriot. <laughs> they were yeah, if I was a patriot, I'd support slavery. No, yeah, you, should, okay. you should tell him to... T- I think he's more likely to to cave and and support the uh, the founders. We want Maybe him you to... prefer the Confederate flag if I wore that. It's a beautiful flag, too. Thank that you, Zach. I wish the South would have won. I bet you do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk. Of course. All right. I got to get to Skip in Augusta, Georgia. Been on hold forever. Skip, you're on with Jeff Charles, at Jeff on the right on Twitter. Hey, hey. How you doing? Fine. Thank you. Looking here, before we get into this uh, Coven thing, or whatever his name is. Chauvin. Derek Chauvin? Yeah. Yeah, Chauvin, or whatever. Um... George Washington and the majority of the free uh, the uh, founding fathers were Freemasons. So how can you say they were really, really good men? I don't know what the Freemasons were like back then. I hear that they're not good today. I don't know. I don't know much about the Freemason thing. You know right, anything well, that's about one, that's that? One, Have anything? Any comment, Jeff? Up. That is an interesting point. I, I don't know a whole lot about the Freemasons either, but I do know that a lot of our founding fathers were Freemasons, and you know it's alleged that a, the Freemasons got up to some 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 stuff, but I don't know much about it. You want to well, ex- what, explain in brief was, what's bad with the Freemasons in, in as brief as you well, can? That's, it'll take too long. That's for another show. Let okay. me ask, I got a couple of questions. Couple of questions. For All Jeff. right, go for it, Jeff. I appreciate you, uh, Jeff. I appreciate you being on here. You're making some good points. I disagree with some of them, but but uh, you are making some good points and still none the same. But let me ask you this. Do you think that it was wrong for them to go ahead and have a uh, – have a, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a criminal charges, but the, uh, the, when, when, they, when they awarded his family, what was it, $27 million? The, the CDD, oh, yeah, for the, for the George Floyd relatives. Yeah. George Floyd family, yeah. Do you think that should have been held and come out and and so we'd know about it before the trial 
or should have been done afterwards. And it, do you think it could have influenced some of the jurors? And at the same time, do you think the jurors were afraid that if they did find them not guilty, that the city would burn again? Those are good questions. Um, for the settlement, um, I'm not convinced that it influenced the verdict, but I do think it was a bad idea. They probably should have held on to that until after the trial. I, I, it was it was definitely a bad look and something that could be used on, on appeal because they are going to appeal the case. Um, now, as for the threats of riots and things like that, I'm also not convinced that that is what influenced the jury. I know there was a, an alternate juror who came out and said that she was concerned about riots, but this was an answer to a question as to whether she wanted to serve on the jury. She did not say that that influenced her opinion on, on Chauvin's guilt. As a matter of fact, she said the opposite. She said that outside, she doesn't think that outside factors influence the verdict. But at the same time, it's possible. If later on some of these jurors come out and say, yeah, I only voted that way because of the riots, then I'll change my position. But right now, all we, we don't have evidence that the jury was influenced by it. We just okay. have evidence that it happened. Anything else, Skip? Hey, can I? Yeah, one more thing, Jeff. You were talking about how, uh, y'all was, was talking earlier about how, uh, and there is more black on white crimes than white on black crimes. Is the reason for that because it just happens to be so more white, so many more whites than there are blacks? Or is it because the blacks are just meaner and, and, um, go after the whites a whole lot more than whites go after the blacks. Good question. Did yeah, you understand? Is, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I do think that part of it is the population. I mean, you're more likely to run into a white person than others, even even in certain neighborhoods. But um, I, I think that this has to do with a culture that is not black culture, but I would I don't know what you call it. Some people call it gang culture, thug culture, or hood culture. I wouldn't call it hood culture, but maybe like like thug culture, and that's just what they do. Now, I'm only speaking about about, the, about this small amount of black people because I, I I have to reiterate that because a lot of people I got you. Yeah, we got you. Sound like it's most black people, but I think it's just ignorance. It comes. It stems from ignorance. It stems from upbringing. Um, it, it, it stems from the conditions that they're lit, that they're forced to live in because of government policy. Uh, again, Democrats. Um, but I think all of those things play into that. I think that let's say let's say if it wasn't black people and let's just stick Italians in there because it used to be an Italian thing back in the day. People forget that. And I don't think that it would be indicative of Italian culture. I think it would just be this this crime element that that is present. Skip. Well, yeah, one more, one more thing, Jeff, if I can. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you, you notice in Chicago and other major cities, is all black-on-black crime that you're hearing about. But mm -hmm. we never hear about big uproars of white-on-white uh, -white crime in cities or anywhere, area, really, to come to something you'll talk about. You know, we don't hear about that. But there's so much focus on the black-on-black -black crime because there's so much of it happening. Why is that, you think? Wait, wait, say that last part again. I, I didn't hear you. Why, why do you think there's more black-on-black -black crime, like in Chicago and other cities, than white-on-white -white crime, you know, mass shootings, uh, or et cetera? You know, why come, you know, are they just focusing on the blacks, or is it because the real problem is the blacks? Um, I, I, Basically, he's asking, is this black-on-black -black crime a real thing? Because some people say black-on-black -black crime is not real. 
Well, I mean, and when they say that, they're saying that most violent crime is intraracial, right? Most a white victim is more likely to be killed by a white person. Same with black, and and that is a valid point. At the same time, I mean, if we're making up, if black people are making up most of the murder victims, then there should be something done about it. Again, I think a lot of this has to do with the condition. I mean, if you live in in poor conditions, that poverty breeds crime. I mean, everybody no, knows that. No, no, I don't agree with that. But it but but the well, it, uh, jail. correlation jail. is true? not causation. Yeah, if you don't you need this. to sell drugs, you're not going to sell drugs. Of, yeah, thirteen percent of the population, fifty percent of murders. Right. Okay, but but okay. Uh, okay, but they, yeah, they commit the most of the murders, the major crimes. Now, what's the reason for that? Then is it because there's too many white people out He's here. He's saying or what? poverty causes crime, which is a lie. That's an atheist lie. You're a Christian. That has nothing to do with religion. Yeah, it is because in, no, in it has to do with in every that's poor a communist area in lie. the world that is that is that is that destitute. You have high rates of violent crime. That's because in wealthy areas, you're begging you the don't Have a lot of crime because people don't need to commit those types of crimes. But they don't need to, to commit most of the crimes that they're committing. They well, don't yeah, and need I'm not saying to. that they need to do it. I'm just saying they're more likely to do it. I know, you're but that's a correlation. That's a correlation, likely. not causation. Okay. You, you're more likely Jeff, to steal to me, a piece of bread to if me it you're just sounds like you're making excuses. It. it sounds like you're making excuses for the but black you, people. You're not letting yeah. me finish this thing. When you let me finish, then you'll see that it's it does me. sound like he's making excuses, but let him finish. Yeah. So okay. if you can't afford a loaf of bread and you're hungry, you're more likely to steal a piece of bread. Now, does that make mean it is is it's an excuse? No, because there are a lot of black people who grew up that way that end up making it out. That does not mean that the conditions that were specifically intended for black people that were done a while ago don't still have an impact. So two things can be true at once. People do have the responsibility to not commit crimes, but people are more likely to make those decisions when they're living under those conditions that were deliberate. And I, I think it's still deliberate, I mean, by, by Democrats, by the way, they, they are deliberately keeping a lot of black people in these situations, not all, because again, most black people don't commit crimes and most black people are not poor. I mean, it, so the, the, the thing is, is we have to focus on what is happening here. So people do make those decisions and they make those decisions because of what Democrats are doing. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't excuse it, but it, it, it largely explains it. So the that, that, that's why there's a lot of black and black crime. And by the way, there are a lot of black people pushing back against that. I mean, the other caller made the statement that nobody cares about black on black crime. That's a lie because the media doesn't cover the, the steps that a lot of black organizations are taking to curb gang violence and to get drugs out of the com community and, and, and what have you. I've written about them. There are tons of them, but you'll never hear about it from Fox News. You'll never hear about it from CNN because they don't want you to know what's happening. Thank you, Skip. Well, you're right. You're right. Wait a minute. You're right about that, Jeff. The the, uh, the media is setting the narrative about just defunding the police. And if you actually look at the the uh, polls that's been done or, or the people that's been asked questions, blacks and whites majority do not want to defund the police. You are absolutely right, and that's why. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and I'm just going to put this in here really quick. Anybody who advocates for defunding the police, at least in a way that would result in fewer officers in black neighborhoods, they are supporting a white supremacist proposition. Because that means that there's going to be more crime, more black people killing each other. And honestly, I think that's what they want. 
Thank you, uh, Skip. Here. Thanks, Hank. I appreciate it. And Jeff, I, I'm enjoying you being on there and, and coming yeah. in. All right, enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. All right, man. I have I have at least two more callers. I really want to get to, um, okay. but I gotta say, like I think that immorality causes poverty and crime. Not yeah. poverty causes crime. Immorality yeah, because, on the part of the government, yes, but also on be on the part of we the people. We have to be responsible for ourselves and be willing to blame uh, victim blame. We have to victim blame. In order to for the victims to not be victim to know how not to be victimized again, um, I would rather stand aside a victim and and do what needs to be done to remove the obstacles from them getting to where they need to be. But where I agree with you as far as crime goes, in wealthy areas, you don't have a lot of violent crime. But nor in Appalachia. Of, yeah, but, 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 but where does a lot of the white collar crime occur? That's by wealthy people, right? So I'm not saying that crimes aren't committed. I know. Yeah. A, a lot in, in in the rich communities. I'm just talking about the nature of crime when we're talking about violent crime. But Appalachia is poor and they don't have this crazy crime, right? Wait, say it again? The Appalachia, the Appalachian Mountains and all that, where they have the poorest white communities, they're not so ridden with, I mean, maybe they have uh, opioid overdoses or something. I yeah, don't know. They, they do have a lot of crime in that. But, but again, the, the crime may be different, but I mean, they do have a lot of violent crime in, in the Appalachians and in poor white areas. And white people who live in the hood, they commit crimes too. I know. Yeah, so, I'm not saying that it's not spiritual. I think it's spiritual. Um, yeah. Man, I gotta get to Wesley and PA, a first-time caller. He wants to comment on this, there's more work to be done talk. Have you heard that stuff before, Jeff? Wait, are you talking about with the uh, police brutality? Everybody talking about more work to be done after the Derek Chauvin thing. I don't know if you watched Tucker or if you saw Michael Tracy's article <laughs> documenting all these CEOs and university presidents and Tim Scott, who I consider a total rhino, and um, Democrats all talking about there's more work to be r done to fight against, I don't know, police brutality or racism or something. Wait, I don't know you, if you've seen that. Okay, Wesley, Wesley in PA, we'll go yes, for it. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, well, first I just wanted to say real quick, with your uh, your host, the poverty does not breed crime. The poorest communities in America are in and around New York City and their Orthodox Jewish communities, and they have some of the lowest crime rates in the world. So the nice. fact that if poverty breeds crime... These would be some of the most crime-riddled neighborhoods because the men don't go to work. They spend most of their day in the studying the you know the Bible and stuff. Thank you. And even, all even the families if are on welfare. If they make less true, than 30k and they have like you know 10, 12 children. If that's true, and I'm going to look into that. If that's true, the exception does not pr disprove the rule. I mean, if you're well, I'm talking about overall. Yeah, I'm sure there are poor communities where the crime rate isn't high. But in general, as a rule, that's what that's what happens. But crime yeah. causes the poverty. Crime, it's it, you're right. It's right. cyclical. Yeah, it's All cyclical. Right. If you have a lot of crime, you can't have a bit. Who's going to want to open a business in a right. crime riddled area? You are yep. right. You are one hundred percent right about that. Oh, so, so you wanted to I, comment on this more work to be yeah. done stuff. So you you posted this article yesterday. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. Um, and so I started reading it. And I was like, holy crap! And I did some more research. And I was looking up, you know, companies that are funding Black Lives Matter and posting Black Lives Matter on their website. And I was like thinking, and I want to see what you guys think about this, because it, your host is conservative, right? My guest is conservative, conservatarian, okay. conservative libertarian. Okay. All right, all right. And I was looking it up, and all these companies that, like, 
it's like Walmart and Amazon and Microsoft that support Black Lives Matter and are giving money. Yeah. And I realized mm. that if I'm shopping on Amazon and I'm going to Walmart, I am funding yep. my own destruction. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. You know, what do you guys think about that? Because I know if, if I'm giving money to these people that they, they've clearly said they hate white people. They want to get rid of they white hate people, America. They want to destroy me. Yep. Why? I'm like, and they wow, hate no, blacks too, because black lives matter is a detriment to blacks. What do you say to yeah. that? Would you boycott? Have you noticed that they're supporting black lives matter and putting out these meaningless statements about, Oh, there's more work to be done. I didn't see those, Whoa. but I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, now, the problem here is that most likely this money is going to the global Black Lives Matter organization, which means that it's not getting to the people that it's supposed to be helping. You have local chapters of Black Lives Matter that are not necessarily affiliated with the global Black Lives Matter movement. If, if you've been following the news, a lot of them are taking issue with the global Black Lives Matter movement because they're getting funny with the money. And the local chapters, you have different types of people involved in that, right? I mean, some chapters are more Marxist, right. others are not. As a matter of fact, Utah Black Lives Matter actually supported a, a Republican candidate. So it's more nuanced when you get down to the local chapters and you have the mothers of a lot of these victims, you have the local chapters calling out the global organization because they're not actually doing what they say they're doing. So you have these corporations and you have a lot of white progressives and in this case the rank and file i'll say a lot of these people are well-meaning they think that they're actually helping black people when they donate to the global organization when that money never makes it to black lives matter on the ground the people who are trying to work to feed the homeless or to or to, or to, to provide education or, or whatever it is a lot of them are doing they're not getting any any of that the families who are suffering don't don't see a cent of it so it's a scam Yep. It's a total con job. It's disgusting. And again, if you're if you're following Black Lives Matter, you know that people in Black Lives Matter and people who support it are taking these people to task. Like Patrice Cullors bought a new house. Where is that? Where's that money going? And and she may have bought that house legitimately, but what does it say about her that she's living high on the hog yeah. while her organization is using dead black bodies to raise money? to push a white progressive agenda. It's disgusting. Thank you, Wesley. I got to run, man. We'll call again if you can. Take care, man. Well, okay, can I just say one thing real quick? Did he real just fast. say the BLM people on the ground are helping the poor and the homeless? Like, who are those people? <laughs> yeah, those are the people. Yeah, oh, man, that's a good question. To, but you need to, you you have to, to ask watch yourself. what conservative what, people you bring on, Hank. I mean. <laughs> no, 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 but here's the thing. Why, why, but why don't you because know over that? the top. You don't know that because the media doesn't tell you about these people. They only focus. I mean, on I've the been to their market. website and seen that they want to destroy. That's why you don't know anything about the market. But, but that's the that website. That there may be some. Well, local, no, no, there no, may be some. Website is the global organization. It's right. not the local chapter. There may be like, some small that, little Christian black misguided Black Lives I mean, Matter supporters Judas, who don't realize Judas told Jesus that he wanted to give money to help the poor. We're talking about Judas here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bad people can help the true. poor. True. Very true. If yep. their agenda is Marxist and they want to destroy people, it doesn't matter what good they do. Thank you, Wesley. Right, but, but appreciate it, man. Though. Not all the local chapters are Marxist. All right. Thank you. Uh, I got to get to Art real fast. We have three minutes to go. And Bobby in Texas, if I don't get to you, I will <laughs> try to get to you first thing in the morning. Bobby, I appreciate you hanging on there. Art in Ohio, go. What's up, what's up with my main man? What's up with my main man? Hey, nice my to hear first thing is first. With the Black Lives Matter to uh, Jeff or whatnot, uh, that's just like uh, 
that's just like me uh, trying to get with the Pyru Bloods out there in Compton, the gang or whatnot, and then trying to turn them into a a, a holy Christian group. How can I do that when the uh, organ, the uh, Bloods Pyru was founded or and has a lot of uh, they don't killed a lot of black people, meaning uh, other gang members. Now, how can I turn around and then try to uh, put that under a Christian group, meaning the Pyrus under the Bloods under a Christian group when they already don't done a whole bunch of evil? And I mean that towards the Black Lives Matter. Any anybody that's saying Black Lives yep. Matter is a it's a it's a cult group, yeah. and they was founded by lesbians under a bad bad uh, a bad. Uh, propaganda, getting the uh, mail out the house, and all this other gay nonsense, how mm-hmm. can if you support that, that ain't no different than you going and supporting uh, uh, the Pyru Bloods, man. You can't, I mean, you can if you want to, but you still supporting the uh, a evil a evil group or what? I got gotcha. you. Yep. simple fact, they was, they was founded on, under uh, bad terms. One minute, Art. I'm listening, Jeff. Did you, did you get that? Okay, your response? Yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, and and this is what happens when people don't do the research. The, the idea that everybody who says Black Lives Matter is somehow like the Bloods, it's absurd. I don't support the National Black Lives Matter organization. Hell, I don't even support a lot of the local chapters. All I'm saying is that not everybody who says Black Lives Matter believes in all the Marxist crap. The right. Marxist crap is the global movement. People can say Black Lives Matter, work in their communities to bring about solutions and not be Marxist. A lot of these people will work with the police to try to figure yeah. out how how to how to how to have effective policing without having well, brutality. Is, There's absolutely well, well hold on real quick. Well, what's the problem with them just switching it to Negro Lives Matter? What's the whole problem with using Black Lives Matter? And that's because it's an evil, uh, Satanist chant. This uh, part of a cult. If, if they were so instead on doing something for Black Lives Matter, they would switch it from Black Lives Matter to Negroes Lives Matter and get some Christian people like Jesse this for some really, really good. That ain't no scam artist. Then you would do that and not roll with a whole bunch of criminals, so, known so criminals. Change the name to Lives Matter. Matter. That would fix the problem. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I think Black Lives Matter is an invalid statement because it's a, they're trying to accuse whites and cops of not valuing black lives when it's blacks who are not valuing their own lives they're throwing their lives away by fighting with the cops it's just ridiculous and they're throwing their lives away being um being into all this bad for you stuff the lgbtq stuff out of control uh health wise just anger falsely accusing whites and cops of racism it's not good for them that's evil. They're, uh, they're lying when they say that Black Lives Matter because they don't value their own or other people's lives. For some of them, for right. a lot of them, that is true, but that's not true of all of them. Um, and, I, and I've spoken to, with some of these people, and, and that's, that's just right. not the case. I appreciate it. Our, I gotta run. Take care, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some little ethnic child gave a super chat on Streamlabs and said, Jeff holds slave owners more accountable than his single mom who had more of an influence on his life. Any statement to that, Jeff? (laughs) (laughs) That is a very uh, creative uh, misinterpretation of what I said. Yes, that that is very creative. Um, I'm told that the... Confederate flag is a Christian flag. It is the cross of St. Andrew. The U.S. flag is secular. 
if I put a cross on a gun and shoot you in the head with it, will you think that's a Christian killing? I mean, come on, just because somebody puts that symbol on there doesn't mean that they are representing Christianity. We both know that. We, we just talked about Judas, I but mean, the, right? So. But the decent people who fly the Confederate flag today, for the most part, those are just decent people. They're not shooting anybody in the head. They're, they're, I, I don't think that. They're I mean, some of the most decent people. The South is falsely smeared. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Confederate flag, but I don't think that most people who fly the flag are racist. I, I will never approve of it. It's not, I mean, what they fought for was evil. Um, I think that some fly the flag because they wish for those days and they they want slavery. They hate black people. I can't but imagine I think them most of them, slavery I think back. most of them don't. I think I, I think most of them just are, are just talking about the history. That's, I mean, that's fine. I can agree or disagree on that. I mean, I, I mean, when, when Hurricane Katrina happened, I mean, I saw a guy with a Confederate flag help to get black people out of the water. So yeah. I don't think that everybody who flies that flag is racist. I, I, I would assume that most are not. Jeff Charles, at Jeff on the right on Twitter. I appreciate you coming on. Contributor for Red State. Read his articles at Red State and Liberty Nation. A Fresh Perspective with Jeff Charles is one of his YouTube channels. The other is the Red and Black show or red plus black show i appreciate you coming on any any we're over time but any last one minute statement from you jeff yeah i mean all, i guess all i would say is when it comes to issues of race i would just say look at all the sources don't just trust what you're being told whether whether you're talking about left-wing sources or right-wing sources there is a lot of nuance here that a lot of our commentators don't like to talk about and it's okay to talk about these things and it's okay to disagree on these things I just I don't like the idea of just painting everybody as one thing, just like with people who have Confederate flags. I don't paint them all as racist because they're not. I don't paint everybody in Black Lives Matter as people who hate white people because they're not. I don't paint all white people as racist because they're not. So I think I think we need to have more of these conversations because they, they are necessary. And but we need to have our minds be open again, talking about race. Does, will not turn you into Al Sharpton. I promise you it's not going to happen. But when whites speak frankly about race, I think they need to be encouraged to be able to speak frankly about race because many of them are scared or tiptoeing and that only feeds the anger and suspicion towards them because then they're, they're, people know that they're hiding something when in reality they, have, they know the truth but they, couldn't, they won't say it. Well, I mean, and some know the truth and some don't. I, I prefer more speech. Yeah. I appreciate it, Jeff. It's great to talk with you again. Jeff Charles, at Jeff on the right on Twitter. Thank you, Jeff, man. We'll talk again. All right. Thank you. Take care. This has been the Hake Report, guys. We are over time. TheHakeReport.com for my stuff. RebuildingTheMan.com slash church for the throwback Sunday service is happening. Um, it's happening at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 Eastern, 6 Central time. That's the throwback Sunday service from Easter Sunday 2012. Check it out. Church with Jesse Lee Peterson. Sunday service throw, throwback. It's excellent. And uh, jessieleepeterson.com for the men's conference in uh, mid-August this this year. August 14th. For men only, the men's conference. jessieleepeterson.com. No men's forum next Thursday, which is the first Thursday of the month. Normally, guys, we would have it, but unfortunately, we have to cancel it for the first Thursday of May. We'll catch you again. Take care. Thank you.